Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Did you ever notice that anything in life you want to be good at requires effort? You hear about basketball players and golfers and tennis players and musicians and actors, how much time they spend at their craft practicing and practicing and practicing. Why in the world do we think we can advance in our Christian life if we don't practice, if we don't work it out, right? God is at work in us. And so what do we do? We work it out. And so it is going to take effort. If we want to be transformed by the word of the Lord, we're going to have to work hard for it. While it is not easy to imitate Christ, it is necessary for growth. In this message by Pastor Jim, Timothy is the ultimate example of a man who is like-minded, Christ-centered, and time-tested in his Christian character. In contrast to the self-seeking people of Philippi, we can learn how to be authentic, available servants of God who back up our words with our faithful actions. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part two of his message entitled, Joyful Partnership. And so here we have the Apostle Paul. This man has the highest office a human being ever could do. Last Tuesday, I was with my family in Martha's Vineyard. You probably saw us on the news. We were the people that mopeded past all the secret service agents because we didn't know Obama was on the same street we were on. But you know what? I realized that I was so close to him. He was having dinner with Eric Holder that night. Tuesday, it was dinner with Eric Holder. Wednesday, it was pouring. He was at a book signing with Hillary Clinton. It was pouring. What a bad hair day she had. I felt so bad for her. I saw the pictures in the paper. I was like, come on, girl, get somebody to fix your hair. Okay. And then then Thursday, Thursday, we went to Nantucket. But I realized how, while I respect the office of the presidency, how really unamazed I was that I was on the same island with the president. I mean, we went on a bus tour and the guy goes, well, we know he's in one of the driveways along here. We're driving. We're not sure exactly which one it was. I was like, maybe the one with the armed guards. I mean, just the thought, <laughs> you know, just the thought that might be it. But I think that if I was near an apostle, how I would just do anything to get near such a man. But yet he's an apostle and notice his humility Notice the Apostle Paul's self-forgetfulness. He says, I'm going to send you that which I need the most. I'm going to send you Timothy. I'm going to send my right-hand man. I'm going to send the one I'm depending on, the one I need to exist here in prison. Why? Because he trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ. He trusts in God. And that's what he's teaching for Timothy. And he's teaching it through modeling it. He's teaching through example. That's how and why the Apostle Paul can make the crazy statement. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Do you know, friends, do you know that's what the Lord wants for us? Do you know that's what the Lord wants for you? He wants you to be an imitator of Christ. And he wants others to imitate you as you imitate Christ. And you know, that's actually possible. Not to the degree of Jesus. Jesus, in in some ways, Jesus is not the best example because he doesn't have the sin nature. But it is possible 
if, big if, if the teaching of the word of God soaks into your soul and transform your daily living. But here's the thing. It requires effort. Did you ever notice that anything in life you want to be good at requires effort? You hear about basketball players and golfers and tennis players and musicians and actors. How much time they spend at their craft practicing and practicing and practicing. Why in the world do we think we can advance in our Christian life if we don't practice, if we don't work it out, right? God is at work at us. And so what do we do? We work it out. And so it is going to take effort. And as you change, you begin to get God's heart for people. And you can know how much you love God by how much you love his people. You can know that you love God by how much you serve his people. And as you get involved in what I call down and dirty gospel ministry, God's heart begins to overtake you. Some people I talk to me, they're like, I meet them like, oh, you're in the professional Christian ministry. I go, I am not. That's gross, man. Gospel ministry is hard. It's difficult. It's heartbreaking. But it is indeed who God makes his people. How often I hear people say, well, I just need to stop serving the Lord because I'm busy. I just need to stop serving the Lord till I get my life in order. A hint, you'll never have your life in order. Right? If you're the person that has your life in order, I'd love to meet you after the service and follow you around for 30 minutes. Right? That's all I need. Because none of us, have, we have it some degree of order, but everything will never be right. But it's not the way the word of God is. Jesus said this, Matthew 16, 25, Forever, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so here this week and next week, the apostle Paul shows us two men who grasped Jesus' words, or better yet, they were grasped by Jesus' words, and they were good role models. And so this morning, three simple things we want to note about Timothy. Number one, Timothy was like-minded. Timothy was like-minded. Like the apostle Paul was gaining the mind of Christ, so was Timothy as he immersed himself in the things of God. Verse 20, for he says, for I have no one like-minded. It literally means I have no one that is like-souled. Not S-O-L-D, S-O-U-L-E-D, of, of a like soul. I have, I have no one of an equal soul. Some of your versions say, I have no one else like him. Well, what made him so unique? He says here, who will sincerely care for your state. And the idea is someone who is generally concerned for your welfare. Interesting, in that wording, it really means that the word concerned or sincerely care actually means that Timothy is burdened or anxious for you. There's something about this man that when he thinks about other people, he begins to bear a burden for others. And like the Apostle Paul, Timothy shared his desire to see the gospel spread, and at the same time, he sincerely cared for the people of God because God was making a shepherd. 
God was making in this man, Timothy, a man after his own heart. I walked out of our hotel the day we were leaving and there was a car with a young man's picture on it who had died over in the Middle East. And a woman walked out and I said to her, did you lose your son in the war? And she just fell into my arms and she just cried and cried. Do you know, she got in her car, you think, well, she's probably good to get rid of me. She got in her car and she came back and she said to me, can I ask you a question? She said, do you think it's okay that I have this picture on my back windshield? And I said to her, listen, your son has made the greatest of all sacrifices for people like me. I have no problem with it. I think you should keep that on there and keep it on there proudly. And then in his wonderful grace, God gave me the opportunity to tell her the story of someone else who lost a son so others could live. One of my kids said to me, Dad, you make people feel uncomfortable when you talk to them about stuff like that. I would rather they know we care. I would rather that people know that God cares then we worry about making people feel uncomfortable all the time. And Timothy cared for people. Timothy was like Jesus. He was like the Apostle Paul. He rubbed elbows with people. Not like some goofy Christian conference speaker who locks himself in a way in a room because he doesn't want to be bothered with people. No, he rubbed elbows with people. He had what the Apostle Paul said, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28, my deep concern for all the churches. Which was interesting, right after the Apostle Paul talked about all the problems that were in the churches, he says, I have a deep concern for the churches. When we get to chapter four, the Apostle Paul is gonna tell all of us, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And here he commends Timothy for being anxious for the people of God. What's the difference? Timothy was anxious for other people, not for himself. Do you know how freeing that is? To be able to have a life that is so much more concerned about the kingdom of God and other people than yourselves? Now, Bible students, you would know this, that the Apostle Paul was like type A, off-the-charts guy. He was very determined. He was a hard-charging man, and Timothy was not, but they had the same heart. But they were like-minded. The Bible never says you've got to be like this guy in every single dimension. The Bible says we are to be who we are, but we are to be like-minded with God. We are to have God's heart, and we only get that through the word of God. And as I read this, I love this about Timothy. I want God to say this about me when he says, I have no one else like him. I personally want in my life, and I hope you want it in your life too, that kind of a condemnation from God. But it's also important to see this. The Apostle Paul is also sadly saying, I have no one else. He's the only one I have. Now, some of the other guys are out, like Luke and Aristarchus. They're out in the field. 
But as we'll see, there's a church that's here, presumably in Rome, and the people in that church, they had a different heart. In fact, we saw in chapter one that some of the supposed Christians were making the apostles' life and ministry actually harder by preaching with impure motives. And how sad that the apostle Paul needed Timothy in his work and had to give him up because there was no one else available. Is it true that not one man or woman from that church came to the Apostle Paul and says, I want to be trained and I want to serve the Lord? Were there other Christians in the local church there? Well, absolutely, yes. But it was Timothy who pushed through to the next level. It was Timothy who sincerely cared and he backed up that care with action. You see, being like-minded was not just in Timothy's head, and we say this all the time. This is the danger we have in Calvary Chapel. We go through book by book of the Bible. This is our 14th message in the book of Philippians, and we can become tadpole Christians, big heads, little bodies, right? Fat Calvary sheep, we have to be so careful that we're just not consuming the word of God. I agree. I agree, Mm, I agree, Mm, I agree, I agree. But no, Timothy was the guy who actually backed it up with action. He was authentic. He was the real deal. He was helpful. To Timothy, being available meant what? Actually being available. (laughs) To Timothy, being a servant meant what? Actually serving actually serving because he was like-minded. He was like-minded. Number two, Timothy was Christ-centered. Timothy was Christ-centered. Verse 21, for all seek their own, he says, the idea is their own interests, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Here is the reason why Timothy is the only one that the apostle Paul could send. The other so-called Christians in the local church there were self-centered, not Christ-centered. Timothy was willing to take the long, hard journey to Philippi. We might say in modern-day kind of our thinking in America, he was willing to use some of his vacation time to go serve the Lord. Perhaps Timothy was the kind of guy who would say, you know what, I'm passing up on the overtime at work because I'm going to go serve the Lord. Perhaps he was the kind of guy that says, you know what, I don't want that promotion. I am flattered with it but I don't want that promotion. And by the way, if you're a good worker, these are the kinds of things that you're going to come up against. I don't want that promotion because I want to serve the Lord. I'm focused on the good of Jesus' church. And so we hear we have the Apostle Paul willing to make the sacrifice by giving up Timothy and Timothy ready to answer Christ's call. Now again, we know he was young. We know he had some physical issues. We know he was timid. We know he was reserved, but we also know that he was trustworthy in the hard work of the ministry. Imagine how sad it was for the Apostle Paul. Let's go into his jail cell for a minute. And thinking over the church, the local church there, and beginning to think, who can I send to Philippi to talk to these people? Mm, That guy, oh, he's so gifted, but he seeks his own. Oh, her, oh, she, uh, she's all about her own life. 
And the idea is not just seek their own on a one-time basis. The idea is they continually are just out for themselves. And my friends, just like verse 14 and complaining, (laughs) this verse here, there is no way without sinning for me to soften the blow. I would have to just gloss over it. It's impossible to gloss over what the Apostle Paul's teaching here. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. J.B. Phillips' excellent paraphrase put it this way. They are all wrapped up in their own affairs and do not really care for the cause of Jesus Christ. How frustrating. Gifted people. Self-centered, not Christ-centered. Able-bodied people, not available. People called to be leaders in God's kingdom, seeking their own. In a time of testing, when the leader was in jail, the opportunity for people to, to rise up to the occasion, they were absorbed in themselves and not the work of the Lord. You say, well, why is this so important? You know, on July 12th, we went to Hapakong Day. July 12th. And I spent a lot of time with a young man. A little bit of time with his girlfriend. His girlfriend and her family came this morning. He died 10 days later. He was in his 20s. He was a young man. We can't put off the work of the Lord. We just can't. And he told me how he he wanted to get his life back on track and he knew he wasn't right with God. And, 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 you know, I, I told him about my life and what all that God had done in my life. For those of you who don't know me, I didn't become a Christian until I was 29. And in so many ways, we were so similar. I told him about Jesus and the cross and was able to give him a, just a CD of the testimony of my life. Listen, I'm just a guy stumbling my way through this stuff just like all of us are. But like I often tell you guys, I would be much more concerned about saying nothing than saying the wrong thing. I don't want God to say of any of us in this church that we're guilty of seeking after ourselves. That we only care about ourselves. That it's all about us, even as an individual or as a church. I don't want God to determine any of us to be spiritually unfit because we were not faithful with what we had been given by God. I personally never, never want to get a promotion from God and rest. Whenever God does something in my life, and I hope you feel the same way, I want to run hard after it. I want to give it everything I can. And I hope you do too. And here the Apostle Paul is giving us a very, very difficult teaching that most Christians put themselves first. That's hard. That's hard to hear, but a reality that we all have to face And maybe Jesus is second. But here he says, not timid Timothy. He's motivated by Christ. 
Jesus Christ had freed him from self-interest, had freed him from following the false gospel of self-fulfillment, had freed him from the love of self. And I've noticed this in my years as a Christian, that Christ-centered servants are willing to do the dirty work. They take it. They do it. They don't need applause, and they do it without complaining. And I'm so thankful for the people in our church who are doing that. You say, where are they? You've got to look, because they're not noisy. They're not complaining. Their sleeves are rolled up. They're working hard. They're getting at it. They're joyfully cleaning up after the rest of us. They're not easily offended. Their lives are not pulled in a thousand different directions. Why? Because they're Christ-centered, not self-centered. We've already learned that doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. But they're taking care of the Lord's business. Well, number three, Timothy was time-tested. Timothy was time-tested. Verse 22, he says, but you know his proven character. That's what he's telling them. He was there. Timothy was there 10 years ago when the church was founded. He hasn't deserted the apostle Paul like so many other people do. He didn't leave the Christian faith. And why was he proven character? It was proven through testing. It was proven over time. Anybody can be good at something for a short period of time. But Timothy was a guy who was in it for the long haul. You know, you meet so many people. They want to quit their marriages. They want to quit their jobs. They want to quit following God. It's always too soon to quit. It's always too soon. It says, you know his proven character that as a son with his father, he served, literally cleaned up for our Bibles. Literally, he served as a slave with me in the gospel. Now, Timothy is not perfect. But over time, through lots of difficult testing, The Apostle Paul could say to everybody in that church, I might not be coming, but you know this guy's proven character. You know he has integrity. You know he's committed. And notice how the Apostle Paul says that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. We served side by side. We were in it together. Yes, Timothy was learning from the Apostle Paul, but they were working together. Now, no doubt the Apostle Paul was ahead of Timothy in the faith. But the Apostle is very important. But the Apostle Paul treated him like a peer. He didn't treat him like some little kid. I think sometimes that's our mistake with a lot of people. We treat them like little kids forever. Sometimes people come to our church, and if it's you and I offended you, I'd like to say I'm sorry, but I'm not. (laughs) Sometimes people come... And they're in their 30s or their 40s. And everybody in their church is in their 60s or 70s. And you're just like the young little kid in the church. Well, here I'm like, you're old. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. (laughs) He didn't treat him like a little kid. He treated him like a peer. And he expected him to act like one. Timothy, when I send you up to Philippi, you act like I would act. You know when the time is to joke around and you learn when the time is to be serious. Because we're both slaves of Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm ahead of you in the Christian walk, but when we stand at the foot of the cross, it's level, and we're both there. Now, you might say, this is amazing that the Apostle Paul gave himself one line, I'm being poured out like a drink offering upon the offering of your faith. Remember that? That's all. And he gave, he gave Timothy 
right? Several lines here. Now you might say, what an honor. Timothy must be so impressed. Well, let me read the, imagine him walking back, going, reading the letter going, oh, there's my section in the letter. I don't think so. I think the greatest honor is in chapter one of this letter, verse one. Turn back one page and look what he says. Starts the letter, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ. Well, that concludes the teaching portion of today's broadcast of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Moores Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Join us next time as Pastor Jim continues teaching through the book of Philippians. You can learn more about Changed by Love and Pastor Jim by visiting our website. The web address is changedbyloveradio.com. Again, the web address is www.changedbyloveradio.com. Changed by Love exists because of the generous donations of our listeners, and we would like to ask all of our listeners who have never written us to prayerfully consider writing us today and let us know that you are listening to the broadcast. In fact, many of your letters are read to our congregation to encourage them in this ministry. You can write to us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You can also give us a call for more information, request resources, or for prayer at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. You can also send us an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. If you are in the Morris County, New Jersey area, we would love to have you visit us. We are located in the center of Morris County on Route 15 South. That's all for today. Until next time, God bless you, and our prayer is that you too would be changed by love.